0: Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, goofballs, scumbags, and everything else in between. Whether you are in your respective country getting ready to watch the World Cup, or whether you're in Qatar trying to find a beer and just can't do it. <laughs> ah, y'all know what time it is. This is not only the football business, which, of course, I am your host, LV, AKA Paper Fronto, AKA My Rainey's Black Bottom, AKA Buck Nasty. And of course, uh, this is the very same Football Misfits uh, where the man who has Misfit in his name also hosts. And you've seen his work. You've heard his work. You've seen him do it all. So have I. I know him as Ronnie. And uh, maybe y'all do too. Ronnie, say what's good for the one time.
1: It's me. Hi. I am the problem. Me. (laughs) Ronnie Swift. (laughs) And yo, over the next however long this episode pans out to be, We are going to hear from the data expense and we're also going to hear from a lot of friends of the pod who have been on this space before and some very new friends that we invited on because this is not no ordinary episode of the footy misfit.
0: Ain't no ordinary episode. We will be hearing from a bunch of folks all from different walks of life. Rest assured they all know and love their stuff. And by stuff we mean footy and to be more specific, the world cup, Ronnie. We are bringing to the folks listening here at the Football Misfits our first ever World Cup preview. Before the big show gets on and popping, the biggest
1: tournament in the world.
0: We're going to preview you, folks. (laughs) Yes, we are.
1: (laughs) All 32 teams, and we're going to do it big.
0: And like Ronnie said, we couldn't do it without the help of a bunch of friends who you will hear from in the coming, however long this may be, uh, who definitely contributed some Great points, had some great opinions, um, and some hot takes, which we love. A little bit of pushback back and forth, but a lot
1: of good energy all around. Before we even get into the group previews, a couple words on just the fact that the World Cup is taking place at this time of year in Qatar itself. Surely we all know about all the controversy surrounding the World Cup, from players being injured in the build-up to the tournament, to... Beer sales in Qatar, as i will be alluded to low key earlier, migrant worker deaths, human rights—we we all get that, and by no means are we gonna take the. Ah, it's just footy. Let's let's just get on with. It. What happened. We were talking about.
0: It. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well said, Ronnie. First things first. Secondly, yeah, and throughout the rest of these segments, that was a question that and, and a thought that had that come up came up a couple of times for me and for other folks you know, just the experience of this World Cup being at this time of year and where it's at specifically in Qatar. Off the rip, I mean, we'll let you hear what other folks have had to say and what we've had to say multiple times, but just to get it on wax for you and I, Ronnie, before we kick this thing off, um in my opinion yeah it's very confusing very backwards for me the world cup has always been synonymous with hot days cold beers and great great football um you know and obviously um we're not we i mean at least in qatar you'll get some hot days but for us watching at home and enjoying the sport as as we've known it and loved it it won't be much of that sun setting at here in new york at 5 p.m goodness gracious (laughs) i mean you know
1: some degrees in New York on the day of the World Cup opening
0: match. We might fuck around and get some snow, who knows. And so it's just a different energy. And to be honest, the energy of the World Cup, the anticipation, the excitement really hasn't hit me yet. And maybe I would say I got a small inkling of it with seven days to go. So that was roughly, you know, uh, that was last Sunday. And it's just a funny feeling. And I'm not quite there yet, but I hope that being able to watch the matches and being able to enjoy the atmosphere of this competition that we know and love throughout the world um, will change that for me. But and like you said, that might also have to do with a, a lot of the stuff going on in, in Qatar that we've heard, be it you know migrant workers perishing tragically, you know, trying to make this thing happen as fast as possible, or Qatar's kind of refusal to, uh, I guess, have some lax rules and kind of taking control into their own hands and. And just running course uh, now that they've won the bid and folks can't really cancel the tournament, allegedly. Um, so that's my two cents, uh, kind of a spiel. But, Ronnie, your thoughts, your feelings.
1: And, like, even in the build up to the World Cup, like, you're going to notice when some of these groups were recorded because right now we're recording when we just heard the news that, per these rumors, Qatar is bribing Ecuador to lose the first match on Sunday. <laughs> you know what you know what i was
0: waiting for something like this to happen i can i don't know if it's real obviously we don't know it's all a legend but that is so funny son they just throwing money at everything if that's true <laughs>
1: and i'm betting Qatar to win one on the opening day Believe it. <laughs> bro like just the thought of it is crazy like it's and then like there was a reporter who was getting threatened who has credentials to be in qatar was like yeah no you can't do it why no nah, because we said so like it's unprecedented there might need to be a fifa uncovered part two post world cup but all in all like it feels weird that we're decorating the crib for christmas but also for the world cup at the same time and also like having to deal with every world cup has its controversies but this one just reeks with controversy but somehow some way come december 18 we will be enjoying a grand final as if you know nothing is really happening so it's it's a crazy predicament
0: yeah it sure is it's definitely a conflicting feeling and i can't uh act like i'm better than or holier than thou i will be tuned in to any of these matches and not because not just because we'll be covering them live and direct, by the way, on Instagram at Footy Misfits, where you can check oh, that out. Oh. Don't sleep, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but also because you know we love the game so much, and so I can't really, you know, act like I'm going to be I'm better than or morally on higher ground than other folks. I'm going to be watching the opening match just like most folks will, and I'm going to be watching the final, presumably with you and the data that spends among other people, um, as well as other notable matches. and and i'm gonna be tuned in i'm gonna be tuned all the way in because the world cup itself has always been something corruption aside and all the stuff aside that has held a special place in our heart and it sucks that the the word that's used sport washing and yada, yada yada is a thing and it's there and we kind of have to sit there and wrestle with it ourselves and here we are wrestling
1: right it's it's the cliche around this sport it is a religion facts and there's pretty much no other way to say it every religion has their you know, faults, but there's a reason why we practice, and that's what football is to us. We love it. We're not gonna ignore what's going on. We're all gonna talk about it when things come up. But now, on to the opening group of the World Cup.
0: A fitting way to start this off. You and I yep. uh, running this before we open it up to everyone else.
1: Oh, yes, before we let our friends join in on us in groups to come, let's, ta- let's tackle Group A, between the host Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. The opening match features, as we mentioned, Qatar and Ecuador on Sunday, November 20th. If we know what we know, Qatar will win. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's let's talk Group A. Um, and I guess let's begin with the host. We have a unique perspective in that CONCACAF invited Qatar to the Gold Cup. And when they were at the Gold Cup, we thought they would flop they did exceptionally well. Oh,
0: they were on point. And it always brings me back to that conversation that we had with the 4P podcast, Conf and Rojas, my boys, uh, explaining Chabby's, I guess, impression. And he was going pretty hard on the Guardiola tree and things of that nature. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. But I mean, they showed out at CONCACAF. They showed out in the Gold Cup. Very impressed by them. Went deep in the tournament and everything. They played really good football uh they were kind of a force to be reckoned with and it's not something i saw coming i'll be honest with you i'll be honest
1: and you're absolutely right like it was even to the point where i think i said on the podcast if qatar were to have won the gold cup would have been an embarrassing look for Concacaf. cap
0: oh it'll look terrible on them seeing as how chavvy doesn't even coach the national team yet but is apparently his influence is showing up in the national team <laughs> to the point where they're cooking Concacaf powerhouses you know usa uh, Mexico and <laughs> the new uh, member of the Re- CONCACAF Revolution Canada. But they did show out though when all is said and done. That's an excellent point, Ronnie.
1: At the Gold Cup, the leading scorer of the tournament was Al Ali of Al Duhail. And he's back on this squad. And a lot of this squad for Qatar is pretty much the same. Him, Al Haidos, the captain of Qatar, playing at Al Saad. It, it's Akram, Asif. It's a lot of the same returners from the Gold Cup back into this tournament. And maybe they don't pull off of South Africa. Maybe they do make it off the group. You know, they'll buy their way through the World Cup group. But in all seriousness, Qatar does look like a team that can take points off of, especially the two heavy hitters in the group, uh, the Netherlands and Senegal. And not to say Ecuador aren't heavy hitters, but they can they, they make the group interesting, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that there's an issue with saying that Ecuador aren't heavy hitters, because we know who these folks are. Senegal earned their heavy hitter status first of all qualifying for the world cup in the way that they did and then also in their performance winning their first ever afcon um at the top of this year
1: i hear you but also like when i say that about ecuador like people aren't gonna really look at them as a team to make it out the group by the same time this is a talented team it's like brighton and Hove Albion of south america you have (laughs) (laughs) you have moises caicedo and then you also have um sarmiento so it's like Brighton and Hove of South America, but they also have other talents playing around Europe and in MLS. So that's why I'm not right. trying to discount them completely. And of course, at the right page of 33, Ener Valencia.
0: Ener Valencia, man. He's always there. He always might, might always be there, but also uh, <laughs> another good thing to throw on to Ecuador in terms of, on a positive note, you know, I think just playing in the uh, CONMEBOL qualifiers itself really prepares you for battle. Uh, it is rough and tough. It is, you know, ten teams, and they're at each other's necks. You're playing heavy hitters every single time, just to get a, sh- a whiff of a place to qualify for the World Cup. So I think that really gives the South American teams a lot of edge. I think, um, you know, they're not they're not really going up against many scrubs, respectfully, and they're always kind of at a place where they have to be on point. And so, and and to add to that, the World Cup and its unpredictability factor anything can happen with those three all you get is three matches in the group stage this isn't that you wait for champions league where you get a reverse fixture you got to put everything into those three matches and um and ecuador yeah okay. definitely nothing to sleep on and same with qatar like you said with a chance to take points off of the quote-unquote heavy hitters and senegal and the netherlands
1: like ecuador it- the netherlands are also returning to the world cup after missing 2018 uh, and it's going to be a party for the dutch it should be right
0: and i think uh for the dutch when we looked at their their roster way back in 2010 that made the final and ultimately fell to spain and then in 14 we saw a you know a slight decline in just not only in the places where they exited exited the tournament but also uh in the age of their stars and i think 18 it just kind of hit a point where all of their big dogs that we've come, grown to know and love, you know, we're at the point where their careers were in a transitionary period or in their twilights. And I think you had said it best. There is nary a van on this uh, Dutch team, and that's saying a lot. Uh, and we've we've known many legendary vans that have carried this team to glory. Yeah,
1: Broncos, ben, Percy, uh, uh, van Bronckhorst, uh, Van Persie, Van der
0: Vaart, Van Basten. If we're going all the way back, oh yeah, you're taking it back. You're taking it way back. Um, the but, there you go. um Schneider. But, Van Schneider. Let <laughs> me throw the Van in there. <laughs> uh, Iron Van Robin. You know <laughs> the folks. Um, but but that being said, I think the Dutch they they did do some improving, and we saw the return of um, Louis Van Gaal, and I think that only coincided with some positivity for them. And they do have a a, a squad that is experienced in match time, but uh young on paper, and. They've got some points where they need to think, get some things figured out. I think, you know, with in their midfield, for example, Frankie de Jong, we know has been having a very interesting couple of seasons since he joined Barcelona, and how will that affect him uh, on the Dutch side at the World Cup? Playing alongside a lot of folks uh, that that are good talent, but um, their chemistry, I think, is, is still needs some work. I think and we saw that in past tournaments but um a, a talented squad no less and a def- a defense that looks um not only stout in in defending you know as they should be but also look dangerous in attack potentially with players like Tyrell Malassia and Denzel Dumfries, we know that they favor going forward and getting the attack going as well. And and when you have pair that with a Van Dyke and a you know a Nathan Ake a stout stout defenders. Matthias Delict, I'm sorry. I can't really um you know <laughs> give too much credence to at the moment.
1: And to so Stefan Devry.
0: Right. Stefan Devry, you know, who's been exceptional um, in in the art of defense and, and ball possession and passing out from the back. So they've got a lot of options. And then up, up top in attack as well, not to go through their whole squad, but uh, Steven Bergman, and he always had that touch of a goal-scoring prowess at Spurs, but since he returned to the Eredivisie, he's been on fire. He's been on absolute fire. Um, and so you love to see that right before the World Cup starts. So they have on paper a talented squad. But yes,
1: I would say you know. that they are missing, like like you said, the midfield would be my big concern when it comes to the Dutch. Like, like they're probably not probably, they they should be missing um Genie They have to miss this match.
0: Yeah, and it's unfortunate how his career has kind of in the last couple of seasons been marred by injury. Uh, we saw him leave Liverpool, and, and after doing great things for PSG, and not get much match time, um, and, and is unfortunately unable to stay, sustain uh, an injury-free period. And you're absolutely right; that's an experienced player who's calm on the ball and can definitely get them out of situations, and then also also get ahead and you know make runs that are dangerous to, to the opposition. Um, but yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right in that their midfield is definitely definitely raises the most questions, and we'll see. Uh, what they can do with the likes of the, the folks that they brought on, a chavy Samoa, young man who's been playing pretty well at PSV. Um, the Dutch look good, but they need to uh, also fear, as we mentioned, one of two heavy hitters. The second being, in my opinion, the heavy hitter in this group, Senegal. And especially oh. because just when you thought he was out, they pulled him back in. He rose like the Undertaker in a WWF match. He's back. You thought it was over for him. I'm talking about... The man with the legendary smile and the legendary bad hairline, Sadio Mane. <laughs> leading oh, this team.
1: Except today as uh, day of recording, he withdrew. Oh. He withdrew from the squad. I didn't want to interrupt your you know grand intro, but yeah, he now
0: oh. well, they now they're gonna be lying. Edward Mendy, it's my, it's my <laughs> Kaidu Koulibaly. Oh man, never mind. <laughs> God
1: damn <No>. it. <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn as of recording this uh when he he was selected into the squad hoping that the injury he sustained in Bayern's last game before the world wasn't as serious as initially feared but turns out it was he said that stardomani would miss the first couple matches of the world cup meaning like the first two group stage matches and then he'd probably be back for like the end of the group stage and then maybe the round of 16 if they get that far turns out he wasn't, and that is just another name added. The injuries at the World Cup, which, by the way, if that squad were healthy, could probably win the World Cup of all the injured players.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what's worse. Actually, I do know what's worse. Um, ha- having announced him and then subsequently having him withdraw rather than not having announced him at all. I think morale, for morale purposes, him being in the squad and then not being a squad is way worse because you had some hope, and now that hope is dashed. Obviously, the players will want to stay up and stay positive and believe that they have enough to make it out of the group, which I believe they still may be able to do. These are the right. AFCON defending champs at the moment. However, how they will fare moving out of the group if should they make it out, I think. Uh, that There death a significant blow. We know Sadio Mane as... Mm-hmm. An absolute pillar of this team. And oof, duh, it's got to suck.
1: Absolutely. But like you said, Senegal is still a pretty good side as it is. Like a Very
0: stout defense. We talked about stout stout defending. Um, we saw in the AFCON how well they defend. And we see the names that they have. Kaloudi Koulibaly has been having a wonderful season transitioning out of Serie A into the Premier League with Chelsea. And of course, his Chelsea teammate, Edouard Mendy, I will say, to be fair, has kind of been... Up and down this season, but
1: he we know when he for, it from AFCON, but
0: right, he's but we still know reliable
1: for the national team
0: absolutely. And we know when he puts that shirt on, and a, the save that he's capable of making, and just how good of a goalkeeper he's been over the past you know 12 months, um, 15 months even, uh, is, wor- is worth um the respect. Um, but outside of that, an, an interesting squad, they have a very significant mix of youth and uh, and experience. Sadio Mane out, man, that's that. I can't lie, that was a flex bomb you just dropped on me right now.
1: Yeah, man, I, like I said, I didn't want to interrupt your your intro, but um, sadly, he was, oh, like, he dropped out. Fear is that Sadio Mane's departure from the squad is going to impact them severely. Hopefully not, but if it does, I don't think they're going to make it If they, you uh, know, use that as, like, an excuse, for lack of a better term, to not do well.
0: Yeah, I, I hope it doesn't, you know, drop their morale to the point where they, they feel like they're not at full strength without him, which they aren't. If we're being, you know, just real about this all. I just don't, I hope I'm wrong in saying this, but I, I really sure. just don't see a way where they make an impact without Sadio Mane. Uh, and again, I hope I'm wrong.
1: Because honestly, before, before Sadio Mane even got injured, I was thinking Senegal could might win the group. And uh, yeah, Senegal Senegal times heavy win a World Cup
0: group? Yeah, you, I mean, you heard my dumb ass intro. <laughs> I was coming in hot and they were the heavy hitters for me um but this definitely changes things
1: yeah with the injury i'm like all right maybe you know he might not start all the games or he might be taken out you'll probably they'll probably be second place to the netherlands now i would even i would go as far as to say ecuador finishes second yeah
0: man that definitely boosts Ecuador's chances i agree i am not gonna go against senegal to that length the only thing I think that can change things is if is if Qatar cheats their way to first place,
1: With which is still possible. A possibility. This is very well. Even though they have a team that can take points off of people, they might need it to you know cheat their way. Little to boost. Top. Little boost
0: never hurt nobody, you know. So. But yeah, even with that being said, I think I, I I don't see Senegal finishing less than second. I still will even hope that they finish first. Hope aside, I'm gonna put them in a strong second place. Not not even strong, a very shaky second place, I'm sorry. And uh, it's Netherlands group to lose. That's where I'm at it. The Netherlands one, Senegal two, Ecuador three, Qatar, unless they cheat, so asterisk in four, because they could very well be one. <laughs> Exciting stuff, man, it's, it's almost here.
1: We'll give you a little break. Go do what LVs do out here. Now it is on to Group B at the 2022 World Cup, featuring the three Lions, England, the Iran, the U.S. of A, and Wales. That voice you just heard is the friend of the pod, the man who is responsible for the intro music. It is the good brother, H. Man Coker. Say what is good for the one time, my friend.
2: You already know, you already know, I'm um, in the best podcast around. Um, we don't listen to those other podcasts, no shade, I'm joking. But, um, <laughs> shout out to Fully Misfits, you already know.
1: Also joining us is the man who is keeping us on our factual toes. The data desk, Spencer Tino Perez. Spencer, what's a good?
3: Peace and love, peace and love.
1: You know, the vibes. <laughs> 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 Yo wasn't expecting that, bit uh, but yes, H man. Question for you: Is it England's group to win and keep it pushing?
2: Yo, we got this. <laughs> it's England's group. <laughs> the Euros was ours till something happened, but I uh, wouldn't want to talk about that. But um, I feel like this one, Iran should um that. I'm not going to talk too much crap on it, but I feel like Iran should be an easy win. USA should be the hardest. No, Wales should be. Sorry. I'm not going to say USA is. Sorry for my USA fans, but (laughs) (laughs) Wales should be, because they have Gareth Bale. Um, Yeah, but it's going to be the battle of the um, colonizers. So it's going to be England versus USA. You talk
3: Black Panther, huh?
2: No, I didn't see Black Panther yet. Well, no no spoilers. (laughs) No spoilers. Please. I think um, this should be England's. And uh, I think everyone has been playing good in the Premier League, too, so uh, I feel like those
1: people are going to show up. Can we push back on that? There are some players who we're looking at like, hmm, I'm not sure about that, a la Harry Maguire.
2: Oh, but Harry Maguire is a... He's one of those plays, it's like, if he was that you playing a pickup game, I feel like Harry Maguire is hit or miss. Like sometimes he's there, but sometimes he's not. But like in a World Cup game though, international play, sometimes I feel like he's going to be the tough player to just piss his other players off to like, to wear them out. You know, I just feel like he has that attitude that you need
3: sometimes. Like good captain qualities.
2: Yeah, I just think like he, you need that nice asshole, and he's um, I don't, I, I don't like Harry Maguire. I don't love Harry Maguire, but I just feel like sometimes he's the the nice asshole you need. And as LV always make me notice, he has a huge head, so that might work <laughs> too <laughs> for set. You
1: know, we were talking about this when England were doing the the League of the Nations League, and um. And they got relegated. The dip in poor form with his club started to transition into the national team. But the trust that Gareth Southgate has on McGuire is paramount to the point where L V suggested that he might have some dirt on Gareth Southgate and the England FA.
2: No, no. That's factual because like I said, I don't love Harry Maguire. I just really want to say that. Um so people know I'm just not trying to like be on the side. But um I feel like Harry Maguire for a long time, I'd just be like, why is he in? I I will watch games and I'm like, why is this guy still in the game? <laughs> All the touches that he would get sometimes it would be like very, very, they would not be progressive. Like he would lose the ball, foul, like do some shit that you'd be like, okay, bro. Like you're not doing anything that's like making me feel like who will win this game. But I feel like he might have some dirt on him because how many times he makes that guy play and we not be playing well
1: the big snub for England was Fukayo Tamori, AC Milan defender I think he's a much better center back than McGuire is but But
2: well, Maguire's this... attitude though I think the attitude is what well also matters it's like you need a nice asshole. he's like though I said all that sometimes like he's not getting touches of making the game progressive, but he's an, he's an asshole. He, you can tell he's gonna get on other players' nerves and make them, like, push them out their game sometimes. Um, I think you need him in an international play than someone younger. I don't know, that's just me. But hopefully he delivers.
1: The first game should be easy. Spencer, the only non-English Premier League player on this team is jude bellingham he's a star out of here
3: <laughs> big bucks worth big bags <laughs> big peas
1: <laughs> as good as bellingham is i like going back to the um tomori bit and maybe you could make a case for Tammy abraham was at roma should they have at least gotten a look on this 26 squad um i'm
3: sure they did I think Southgate just has, like, his, to whatever his criteria is. What's that Isaiah Thomas quote? I thought I met (laughs) the the qualifications, or I thought I met the criteria. I just wasn't chosen. Whatever Southgate's qualifications are um, or the criteria, those those players didn't meet it. And um, I guess it's a little tough um, for, like, Tamori and Tammy Abraham, but a lot of what I've been hearing and kind of, like, things I read, even from, like, the previous um, tournaments is Southgate has faith in the players that have performed. And I guess those players haven't been there or he hasn't seen them perform. So I think he's kind of sticking with the players that have shown that they can perform at those levels.
1: Like part of the reason for leaving Abraham at home is he had a poor run into the buildup of the World Cup. And there are some players on this squad who have had poor runs in the buildup to the World Cup. And allegedly, Fug Kyle Tamar just didn't do enough to sway him over Maguire. That's very questionable. And then the one big omission to me, Ivan Tony at Brentford, the way he just put City on skates in the first match after the squad was dropped, it was a personal attack to Gareth South, from Gareth Southgate. And he was like, yo, it's his loss um, to paraphrase Drake and 21 Savage. <laughs> what else on England strikes, you guys?
2: Like I'm hearing what you guys are saying too about um Southgate and all that, but um I just think he's been after the Euros. I don't want to base everything off that. I feel like how he picks teams and plays players, um it does work. Um, but um him putting a team like this, I just think he wants a, a fast type of play. I'm just rooting for Marcus Rashford to make sure like he's, sometimes I feel like he's sleeping. He'd be in a sunken place sometimes. And then he would just wake up <laughs> and just start playing. But like, sometimes I just feel like he'd be sleeping. Like he'd be in this cooking show. I think he'd be thinking about other things sometimes. Like I got go to go my cooking show after this. Like I just got to do this and that. But like, I feel like if Rashford is focused, I'm rooting for um, Rashford OD this year because last year was... Not last year, but the last big tournament. What happened to Rashford and soccer?
3: I want them to, like, revive from that.
1: Spencer, you have thoughts on what men just said?
3: No, nah, uh sounds right. Um, ideally, you want kind of the players to have, especially the players that have, like, uh, such a... In such a pivotal moment and then not being able to come through and then all the backlash and, like, the fallout that happened there. Um, of course, we want them to be supported and have, and have a great tournament. Yeah, we'll see how England play. I'm curious to see how like their goals, how they score goals, how they play. Like, I'm just curious to see how that works together. Um, see if Harry Kane still got the juice. Huh.
2: There's only one Harry, and it's not Harry Styles.
3: There's also the other Prince Harry, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to England's second opponent, the Usment. Or the USMNT, if you will.
3: I was like,
2: what? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a gang of <laughs> teenage Us. future Ninja Turtles. The
1: Us-ment. <laughs> Usment? Um, A lot of familiar faces on this squad from the likes of the LeBron James of football, Christian Pulisic, to Tim Ware. Shouts to Tim Ware for making this squad, by the way. Right. I- right. Backs.
3: Shout out to my guy. I hope he
2: gets the ball right. Up. His dad, one of the greatest um African soccer players ever, and became president. Yeah. For real, for real. President. During That's soccer soccer,
1: crazy. Serginho Dust in defense for the U.S. There are some questions here. One, one thing that is glaring is that Zach Steffen was left off of the squad. Spencer. The goalie?
3: The one that I watched Liverpool play against?
1: When did Liverpool? Oh, 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 oh. That, that, yeah. I mean, I should that, that. Um, like last season it was? Uh, no. Nah, he was always USA's number one.
3: Yeah, I wish he got called up, though. It, that's that's probably like a rough time to not be the number one. Um And kind of just eat, not even get called up. Maybe you can get called up and maybe not play. Or they're maybe leaning that's towards
1: what's, another way, Like, low time Yeah, say what you will about his form dipping, but he was always reliable for the U.S., and then he's just not even in the squad. That seems a bit harsh,
3: but, I mean... It's We're on the outside looking in, so something must have happened. But, yeah, from the outside looking in, it feels a bit harsh.
1: There's probably a lot that happened with this USA squad because some players who look like they could have earned call-ups did not. We could go to John Brooks in defense. He's at Benfica right now. Someone says something about someone's mama, and he's not on the squad anymore. Uh,
3: I got a quick trivia question because this is the USA team. I think there's only one player on this team who has played in a World Cup. Could you guess who it is?
1: DeAndre Yedlin.
3: Damn! All right, never mind. Well mom, mom,
1: mom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that—that that brings us to a good point. That this team is pretty much inexperienced in this level, and I'm not counting Concacaf Gold Cups in any of this, because the World Cup is a far cry from that. Does that impact them in any way?
3: Yes and no. I think it's um kind of like that youthful exuberance, kind of just makes them uh, just eager to. I think to be ready to play, just be out there and give it their all. Um, So, I mean, possibly maybe like if they get out the group and then go to like the later stages, it might be a bit more um, experience would assist in in maybe certain games, certain moments in the game. But. uh, i'm hopeful that it, it won't limit their their performance at their inexperience i think they're just it's they're shaping up to be hopefully be a very strong generation for american soccer so i think they're they're kind of would like to use this as their coming out party
1: yeah because apparently the goal is to win 2026 on home soil
2: it I gotta mean, be a future goal it can't be a now goal.
1: Yeah, so, like, this World Cup might be a stepping stone for the U.S. And don't get me wrong, this team is very talented, but there are also some other concerns. Like, Gio Reyna is playing on this squad. He has been, I don't want to call him a liability, but he has been, he hasn't had the best injury track record. And he's such a young talent that if he's healthy, that man could ball out. It's just, he hasn't been able to be healthy. So he hopefully... called that
3: an Andrew Bynum.
1: <laughs> wow. Throwback. That's crazy though. <laughs> but hopefully right. he's hopefully he's healthy enough throughout the World Cup. Um I'm actually excited to see Brendan Aronson on this squad, man at Leeds United. Cause when he and Tyler Adams first pulled up to Leeds United under Jesse Marsh, and then they had a little bit of a down period, but then they have a bit of a resurgence. They lost to Spurs, but it was a hell of a match. They beat Liverpool. Sorry, Spencer. Brendan Aronson.
3: They stink sometimes. Sometimes.
1: Exactly, but when when they're on their shit, Brendan Aronson is more than likely the guy who's carrying, not carrying, but the guy who's helping guide Leeds to victory. So Brendan Aronson in the national team, too, has also been en fuego. So, six goals and 24 caps. I'm going to be excited to see Brendan Aronson. That's my one player to look forward to. Do you guys have any, Spencer?
3: This is by USA
2: soccer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I'm looking forward to this, Is this might come out of nowhere, but Tim Ream. Shout out to him for making the team. And I think he's probably going to hopefully start and play well. I'm. I'm looking to see how
1: he performs. Oh, there was a recent quote about Tim Ream. That Pep Guardiola was like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, like if he was 24, I'd have him on my team, something like that. And that was sort of kind of controversial in the sense that Greg Berhalter, one of the worst managers in the World Cup, wasn't really messing with him. He wasn't vibing with Tim Ream. So he had some type of common sense and fortitude to bring him on the squad. So I agree with you, Tim Ream. I hope he does get the starts, so. though. Me too, me too.
3: But I think aside from like the players that you want to perform well, the politics, the geo Renas, pretty much the whole team. Um, I'm looking forward to see how Tim <laughs> Ream balls out.
1: Um, I'm also disappointed that the um. The man who I wanted to see, Jordan P. Fuck, is not on the team. The man has been on. Talk about scintillating form, scintillating form back in Switzerland last season and this season with Union Berlin in the Bundesliga. And he's part of the reason why Union is in the top half of the table when we all expect him to be like, you know, Europa League plays mid-table. So uh, Greg Berhalter, I'm like, nah, I'm not really feeling him. He fucked up with that selection, but. <sighs> Greg's are going to Greg, you know what I mean? Gregs are going to Greg. Speaking of managers, Rob Page and Wales are also in this group. And, of course, is led by Gareth Bale. LAFC's very own MLS Cup champion, Gareth Bale. Wow,
2: let's go, Gareth Bale. <laughs> well, MLS ship.
1: Aaron Ramsey is still on the squad. Nico Williams in defense, along with Ben Davies at Spurs. Um Ethan Ampadu is also on the squad. He's not Specia, by the way. Ethan Ampadu. That is wild. But those have Daniel James in the attack. Uh Wayne Hennessy in gold. Remember, it was his heroics that got Wales into the World Cup against Ukraine. Um, I don't know if Danny Ward is still gonna be their number one, but I think Wayne Hennessy should be, but if England is going to be surefire out this group, number one, the real battle is for number two between Wales and the USA. And it's going to be a tough battle between the two of them.
2: If this might be Gareth Ville's last international play, probably by how it seems, because he seems like he might not want to ball as much. But I think, I don't know, I'll have Wales over the USA, but you know who I am. Bob, looking <laughs> what if iran just comes through though
1: uh quickly on iran now that we're talking about this um i to this one question he didn't want to answer it but i really want to ask the question Go say on. what you will about iran how they're probably one of the lowest ranked teams in the fifa rankings at this world cup their talent doesn't really stack up to, like, the U.S., England, or Wales, but they do have players playing in top leagues, mm. like in Fire Nerd, mm. Sardar Azmoon at the Bundesliga for Bayer Leverkusen, and they also have players at Brentford, Porto, Melitaremi. Plus, they're also using what is going on in the country as possible motivation. Could, no, I, know, could
2: see that. I could see that.
1: Right. Could that be, like, a... Motivating factor for them, like, all right, Iran, we're going through some shit right now.
2: I always um like I know this is a group that I have to be biased for real, but um I always root for to so, like underdog teams. That, like I know it's hard for them to go there every year because when it comes for most of those teams, other teams they have, it's been more of a um a probability of them making it more than. How much Iran would make it to the World Cup, you know? Because the USA has made it a couple of times. I don't know how many times as Wales. Wales made it
1: second time ever.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Cause but yeah,
1: 16 four think... years ago, baby. Yup, but like going on Iran, and then to some extent Wales, like the adversity Iran's going through, and then Wales, they're they're back in the big time.
2: Yeah, it's two it's two big um stories in it
3: with some big time players, yeah. Come if the moment appears, Gareth Bill might score.
1: Oh, and to now to bring it back to Wales, you said it when LAFC needed a goal in extra time of extra time, he got it for them to send into penalties. And then of course there's also Copa del Rey. There was also Champions League finals against Liverpool. Oh at my God.
2: Fantastic.
1: And yeah. he helped, and he was pretty much, you know, carrying Wales on his back the time they were at the Euros in 2016.
2: I look at Gareth Bale sometimes when it comes to international play a lot with like the Wales. I look at him like how I look at um Cristiano Ronaldo of Portugal sometimes. I know they have players, they have other players, but sometimes I feel like they just put the team in their back and just go through it. Cause I don't know what Euros that was. Twenty sixteen. Was it
1: twenty
2: sixteen when they won?
1: Yeah, in France, yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like Sir. that was
2: like I'm gonna wear my team on my back and I'm gonna win this. Cause I'm Cristiano Ronaldo. I just think he has a lot to prove still. Care. So yeah. I just think he's gonna go ham this World Cup, low key.
3: Yeah, I hope he has a Diego Forlan. I, uh, I kind of mentioned that about Messi, but I hope Gareth uh, has like one of those World Cups where people remember that he is that guy.
2: Well, Gareth Bale in the World Cup right now. I hope he sparks, but not spark too much because I want England to beat them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like chill. <laughs> don't don't spark too much now, because that'll be a crazy time in England. Wow. England versus Wales is going to be a site. I would I want that to be, like, the last group.
1: It is. It's the last group game.
2: What? Oh, my God. I didn't, even, I didn't even know that. Let's go. Yeah, it's
1: England versus Iran first, then USA, then uh, Wales. So, yeah, all in all, it should be a battle of two teams for one spot. But don't discount Iran. So with that being said, I know you have England winning the group. Hman, who comes out second, Wales or USA? Wales. Spencer. USA. So Gareth Bale is going to have a Diego Forlan type World Cup in 3 matches.
3: Oh yeah, no, Europe I got pretty far. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know who's going to come out the group. I would hope Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh USA Wales oh wow
1: oh wow no england
3: you bitch so i'm sorry
1: i don't know
3: this one's hard i don't know it's hard (laughs) like this is this it seems to be pretty
1: evenly matched we'll see what happens uh can i give you guys what samuel eto had to say about who he has england first iran second who samuel eto coming out of that group
2: oh wow San and, Come you know, on. That's something we
1: don't know. Wow. But He also has a World Cup final of Cameroon versus Morocco. Wow. He actually has three African teams in the semifinal, the other one being Senegal. Tim Cahill said England-USA. Kafu said England and Iran as well. So... What? The people
2: are picking Iran. Like, this is... All right. If any anyone listens to this i don't know the iran team much but i'm really looking to see how they play
1: yeah so that's why when i was mentioning you know the bit about you know riding for their country and they do have star players in european teams they could be a dark horse within the group Mm. they could be a team that will take away points from another team in that group right but if you ask me Sorry for all the USA fans out there, but I think Gareth Bale is going to be the X-Factor for Wales. They're coming out in second. England are coming out in first.
2: Let's go. Yeah, that's where I love you, Ronnie.
1: That takes care of group B. Final thoughts, gentlemen.
2: Let's go, England. Dude, we got to revive our so guys. Revive them. where would they go? What? We yeah, let's go. go. A lot of... I mean, when i mean revival, guys, it's mostly I want, like I said, I want Marcus Rashford, like all those young um, uh, black men that um, ha- went through that trauma for the heroes. I want them to be really like to spark this World Cup.
1: Do they win the World Cup, England?
2: I would want them to. Oh, my God, bro. I would cry for days. I would literally <laughs>
1: All right, fam, Uh, again, thank you so much for pulling up. We'll be seeing you on our IGs live and direct and uh, on to Group C. And that group features Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland, a group that seems like one and then everybody else. Joining us to discuss this group is the good brother, Spencer, of course, hey, what's up for the one time? What's going
3: on, everybody? Peace and love, peace and love.
1: And then we have a guest joining us, Listen, I met this guy a couple months ago at Red Bull Arena. We were tuning into Argentina and Jamaica. His country might not be in the World Cup, but he does have a rooting interest in the World Cup. Argentina. <laughs> Antonis, say what's up for the one time.
4: Hello, guys. How are we doing today? Um, I want to thank, actually, Ronnie for the invitation. Um, I met him at the Argentina-Jamaica game. Uh, it was my first time watching Argentina, especially Messi that I'm rooting for. So seems like a cool guy, and I'm really excited to do this with him.
1: Messi or me? I don't know who we're talking about.
4: <laughs> I, I wish we had Messi on the show. But... <laughs>
1: hey, man. I, I appreciate that, fam. Thank you so much, and trust me. If we were able to get Messi, I don't think we would do another episode after that. I think we've reached peak free misfits. <laughs> but um, we mentioned Messi. His dream is probably, well, not probably, is to win the World Cup. And everyone who is not favoring Brazil Brazil, ah, is supporting Argentina as like the favorite to win this from South America. If we look at their squad that just dropped, it's a lot of the familiar faces that are on the team. A lot of the players who won Copa America back last summer. And then when you look at the other teams in the group, it looks like a group that Argentina should comfortably win. And the real battle is going to be everyone after this group. But in terms of Argentina, how confident are you, Antonis, that... Well, they're over on the table, but how confident are you for Argentina in this World Cup?
4: Um, I know that everybody's rooting for them. Everybody like is uh, mentioning them as potential winners of this World Cup. I mean, it's Messi's probably last World Cup, so he has all this pressure, he has to do it. They already won the Cup America, there are 35 games unbeaten, so this has to be it. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be easy because every game is like a final and they prove that as a team, that they don't they don't see small and big teams. They they play every game like it's a final. So, I don't think that Mexico or Poland or even, like, Saudi Arabia will pull, like, like an easy game with them. It will be tough. It will be really tough. And I think uh, it's really important to just, like, win the first game. Just go all over, like, all for it.
1: No, the first game is against Saudi Arabia. I like this approach, though. Like, don't take these games for granted. That's Spencer's motto, by the way. Don't take these games for granted. Don't count the points too early. Just play the game in front of you and go from there. I'm looking at it as they should run through Saudi Arabia. The Mexico and Poland games are definitely going to be tougher. But before we get into that, Spencer, your thoughts on um, La Albi Celeste?
3: Like everyone, they're they're favorites for a reason. Um, Ideally, they should get out of the group. Uh, This hopefully will be like a great time to see Messi be like prime, full, at his best Messi. And it would be like magical to just see him play, kind of do his thing that... We've seen them do so many years. So, yeah, they, they should win the group, again. Not, like, counting points ahead of them, but they should win the group pretty easily. <laughs> Ideally, you know, they finish with, what, nine points um, or seven kind of thing.
1: Now, here's a question that I want to ask, and I'm firmly in the belief that every World Cup, there's, like, a breakout star. On this, in this World Cup, And since we're talking Argentina, I feel like that player for me, Julian Alvarez, whenever he's on the field for Man City, he's lighting it up. He was doing so at River Plate before he went over to City. And then now that he's getting these call-ups for the national team, he's showing how good he is on a much bigger scale. And I'm not going to say he's going to be like the top scorer or he's going to be like top three or anything, but he's going to probably have like a good maybe two goals. One of them might be an absolute banger. And we're all going to look at him like, all right, he's already at Man City, so people will already know him. But, like, whoever doesn't really know him, this is going to be his breakout tournament. you think he's going to have the high effect
3: with Messi and all, like, the important – I'm not sure about that. Do you remember, like, high run? Like, do you remember how, like, good he was at the World Cup? Like, he was literally the man. Essentially, he was Messi for Colombia.
4: Exactly. I was gonna that's a perfect metaphor for it. Messi for Colombia. I was gonna use this guy saying
1: <laughs> No, I got the team is built around Messi, I get that. But I was thinking more so the young talent that's gonna shine, not like you know, take the team by like be the team leader or whatever. That's what I meant more so. Oh, okay. Uh, I think
4: I think um I think Lautaro will have um a really good tournament. And I mean I feel like Alvarez is trapped in both of his national and, like, Manchester City, national team in Manchester City, because he's both, like, in both teams, he's, like, the substitute. So, I mean, whatever, whenever he's in the field, I love watching him play. I think, like, him, Garnacho, uh, Jude Bellingham, like, I love them. I love seeing them play. But I think, I think Lautaro will have, like, the first word for Argentina. He's, like, he's he's been amazing this season.
1: Lautaro, even last season, like, he hasn't really missed a step. Exactly. He's going to be right there alongside Messi, holding on the fort. The concern for Argentina, I would say, is some of the players and their health status. Like Di Maria, he's been injured a lot of the time at Juventus the season. Paulo Dybala is called up onto the squad. If he does get the ticks, I think and still he the of the
0: weekend.
1: I sure. we'll see if he's still like at 100%. He's probably going to be a role player for Argentina. But at the end of the day, I still think it's a team that should win the group no matter what. No matter what these concerns are. And then they will match up with someone from Group D in the knockout stage. And then from there, we'll see how things go. And you kind of answered the question about which player not named Messi would be the player you're watching for Argentina when you said Lautaro. So, uh, I guess I'll pass on that question to you, Spence. For Argentina not named Messi. Uh, that's hard. My um, suggest Alexis McAllister?
4: Yeah.
3: Nice one. That's a good one. That is a good one. But... That's a good cool one. I know it's hard. I'm putting a lot of pressure on Messi. <laughs> a lot of pressure on Messi, which isn't fair because he's this is if it is his last cup, that he's also very he's a lot older. But I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping he pulls out like Diego Forlan magic in that World Cup that he had, where Diego Forlan that's is on. Okay. dirt. he was killing everybody.
1: Yo, that's a fact. But hey, we'll see how that goes. I guess it's a hard question to ask, but I'm always going to be asking Mikhail's their friend number one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about their opponents in this group. Saudi Arabia, we don't really know much about them, right? We just know that they had like 20-some-odd friendlies between August September to now. And everybody is based in Saudi Arabia. When they played the USA, that match ended scoreless. They used like a backup goalkeeper who plays in the second division of Saudi Arabia. What does that mean for this group? I don't know. With all due respect, expecting to finish last.
3: Perhaps.
1: Yeah. So that leaves us with Mexico and Poland. Mexico, I don't know about Mexico in this World Cup, especially like the buildup into it. Like all the Mexico teams of the past with Chicharito, Carlos Bella, Rafael Marquez, a lot of these players are all Mexican based and they're pretty much hanging their bets on Chucky Lozano. And then, of course, if LV were here, he'd make the off-color joke about Six Fingers Ochoa, who's back for another World Cup. Mexico, how do you fancy them, Spence?
3: I think they're the ones that are going to get out the group with Argentina, honestly. Yeah. Um, something about... because. Uh, I think you're not the only person who doesn't think they'll, they'll play well. So I think something about uh, not having like expectations uh, allows you to play well. Because when I think about Poland, I think the expectation is Robert Lewandowski is going to put the team on his back and just just hopefully get them through. And I think Mexico might be playing with uh, a little bit less expectation, allowing them to hopefully excel and uh, play well and get out of the group.
4: Yeah, I think Mexico will, um, will pass the group with Argentina.
1: All they really want is just to get to the quarterfinal. Because they have that quinto partido curse where they just can't make it past the round of sixteen to save their lives.
4: What was the last time they reached the quarterfinals? Was it like nineteen eighty six or something?
1: Eighty six, yeah, because nineteen ninety they were banned and then since nineteen ninety four they just couldn't get it past the round of sixteen.
3: Yeah, since nineteen eighty
1: six that's rough. So it's all the Mexican supporters want like the Mexican media want. And if they do, it would be a success for them. If not It'll be the same process all over again. I just don't feel comfortable enough with this Mexico team. I don't think that they are a threat in CONCACAF anymore. Canada won the CONCACAF group. Not anymore. Like, I don't like, think so, no. Future. Jeez. I generally don't think so. Like they, Canada gave them a run for their money. It's always a toss-up between them and the USA nowadays. The infighting and the conflicts with the manager and then of course there's always the chicharito debacle like why do you not call him up apparently there's conflict with him and the national team so it's i don't know I, I honestly feel like if i had to choose gun to my head mexico or poland i'm more comfortable saying poland than i am mexico
3: i mean i have to say poland isn't far off but the way you just took apart mexico
1: <laughs> i mean and, and that's the analysis that i'm providing but for poland it's Probably gonna be get the ball to Robert Lewandowski. Let him, let him be your star striker. But this Poland side, I feel like, isn't gonna be like the Poland sides of old where they're just gonna crash and burn in the group stage like they did four years ago. I feel like yeah, this team okay. is good enough to make it out the group stage when you have Lewandowski, when you have Milik, Christoph fiatzek do have people in the midfield, and Maddie Cash, who apparently is Polish at Aston Villa.
3: Maddie Cash got called up.
1: Yeah, he made that you know legal switch because I think he has like a grandmama from. Uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Shout out to that switch. My issue might be the goalkeeper position. Chesney is old as dust. I you, he's not even that reliable at Juventus anymore. Ah,
3: uh, there we go.
1: So that might be a bit of a faulty issue at Juventus, but. And for Poland, so maybe like that could be a detriment. But even they, when they suicide play in the first match of the group, Mexico and Poland, I'm going to give the edge to Poland, if not a draw. And then that will pretty much determine the rest of the group out. So I, if you're asking me, Argentina 1, Poland 2, Mexico 3, Saudi Arabia 4. And clearly you guys have 2 and 3 in the other order.
3: Yeah, and I guess for me it's close. Um, Something can happen. I think like it's fine margins. Ideally, it'd be like the game that they play each other that settles it. But um, I think it's close, and they shouldn't be kind of overlooked to not have uh, like a a very good chance getting out the group, Mexico.
4: Yeah, as you as you said, like you cannot play the game by giving all the balls to Lewandowski. You know, and they're back, and they're a goalkeeper. Um, I wouldn't say they're like they have depth and quality, but I can see uh, Mexico finishing second and everything will – I think, like, they will – most, like, worst-case scenario, they will tie the game with Poland and everything will be determined either with a game with Argentina or even if they both lose, probably the amount of goals that they score. It will be a close one. It will be a really close between the second and third position.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be the big battle in this group, who comes out between – Mexico and Poland, because Argentina, they should be through, and Saudi Arabia, respectfully, no. You guys have Mexico going through. Do you guys have them going into that quarterfinal? They will be mm-hmm. playing a team from Group D, the France, Denmark, Australia, Tunisia group.
4: I don't think so. I don't know. I feel like whoever, they you said they were going to play with a, uh, whoever finished from Group D, or France, yeah. Mark, uh, it's Australia and Tunisia.
1: So let's say Mexico finishes second and let's say the world cup curse doesn't affect france and france wins the group that would be the round of 16.
4: yeah i don't think i don't think i can see mexico reaching the quarterfinals then <laughs> if france if they don't like get affected by the curse and passing the group as first
1: <laughs> lastly uh argentina how far did this ride go
4: EA said it they're the winners <laughs> 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 Whoever they predicted in the past, they won. So I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it, but it has to be them.
1: how far do you think Argentina goes?
3: Uh, um, I think they at least ideally make it to at least the semis. At least get to the semis. Um, and then from there, I think anything
1: can happen. Group C begins with Argentina taking on Saudi Arabia, and then Mexico. Taking on Poland. Um, who's waking up at five a.m. to watch that match? Definitely. Four I, four
4: fifty-five. You have to give me five minutes to make coffee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey man, there's not that many five AM matches to get up for, but that might be one of them. The first match of Argentina. Uh Spencer, I know you're not doing that. You got a better thing to do, like sleep.
3: I might. What is it? Five AM? I might catch the first half. I don't
1: know. <laughs> Hey, man, that's been Group C. Um, Anthony, thank you for everything.
4: Thank you guys for having me. I'm...
1: And we'll definitely see you along the ride for the World Cup on the footy misfits.
4: Of course. We'll keep in contact, man. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you for pulling up. Now we move on to Group D. A very interesting group this. France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. Spencer's still with me right now.
3: Peace and love. Peace and love.
1: Let's talk about it. The defending champion in this group and a team who ran the table since the European Championship. It seemed Australia always goes through the scenic route. I intercontinental playoffs when they qualify for the World Cup, and then Tunisia could be a bit of a wild card in Africa. They made it to the quarterfinals of the recent Afcon, losing to Burkina Faso, and they defeated Mali. To qualify for this World Cup, what do you want to begin? Uh,
3: Australia, because it's kind of. We'll talk more about France and Denmark. Shout out to Tim Cahill, even though he's not going to be there. But
1: <laughs> Australian legend, I I remember him fondly from his time at the New York Red Bull. I was seeing him in person and stuff like that. But as for the team who's here right now, I know that Graham Arnold is the current manager. And when Australia was going through their qualifying campaign, he was public enemy number one. Like Australians looked at the man the way I look at Greg Halter. Get him out. Jeez. If we remember, it was Australia in their World Cup qualifying playoff against Peru when they made the goalkeeper switch from Matthew Ryan over to Andrew Redmayne. And if we remember the dancing man on the goal line. Do I see Redmayne getting ticks in this World Cup? Honestly, no. Because Ryan is their number one. Ryan is their goalkeeping captain. And if we do see Redman again, I could already see see that. you remember the name Aaron Moy? Yes. Well, he's over at Celtic now. Back with the manager who the Australians would love to have back. Ange Pasta Coglu. Then you also have players who are playing pretty much either in Australia and all across the world. You have players in Scotland. Many players in Scotland, actually. You have Jackson Irvine, who's in San Poli in the second Bundesliga. One of the players who is not in the squad is Cristian Voltato, born in New South Wales, of Italian descent. He got the call-up to join the Socceroos from Graham Arnold, but he declined the offer, and I'm guessing it's hopes for him to play for the Italian national team at some point. Why was there so much backlash to it? I don't know. Letting him make his decision was right for him. But that's neither here nor there, because he's not even in this World Cup. But Australia. And then we have Tunisia as well, another team that we might not really know much about. Only one player, Hannibal Mejbri, is playing in England. He's playing for Birmingham at the nice young age of 19. And then all the other players on their squad are thrown around all over Tunisia and all over Europe. There's a player for Vefet and shots to Benza. And then you also have some players who are in France. Maybe who's the Montpellier, but again, it's not it's a team that we might not know much about, and maybe they can use that to their advantage.
3: Yeah, uh, I think it's um, this team or this group has um, some some two favorite teams, and we're just hopeful to see some great soccer from Tunisia and Australia, uh, and hopefully they have a chance to show what they have, uh, play well, perform well. But like you said, there's um, some t- uh, some players we're not too familiar with. So it'll get us get us a chance to see these players perform. And hopefully this is a stage to kind of watch them excel.
1: Yeah, this group will definitely be focused on the heavy hitters from the defending world champions and the European semifinalists, Denmark. Which one of those two teams do you want to tackle? on? Uh, we can start
3: with Denmark, start with Denmark, because they have beaten um, the world champs, I believe, twice since or had recently beaten them whenever they've met
1: yeah I am and to the us. point when i asked you if this will have any impact going into the world Cup, will was like not really
3: uh just because i think now it's a different team that they played um so it's kind of um not necessarily good or bad but i think it's just the players that they played against might not be the ones that are playing at the world cup being uh france has been kind of hit by that injury bug with tons of injuries. Um, The teams that they played are probably different players, different squads, so it might be um, some players that they aren't expecting to see, and that might change the style that France
1: has to play. Denmark, however, they've been largely unchanged from when they played in the Nations League and even in the European Championship. It's crazy how we are a year, more than a year removed from Christian Eriksen's near-death experience in Copenhagen, and now he's back on this squad. He's going to play in the World Cup. Boy, is that a good sight to see because Christian Erickson this season for Manchester United has been one of their saving graces.
3: He has been. He's an amazing player um, on his day. Um, puts on just magic on the field. Um, again, like you said, a, a year ago, um, very like terrifying sight to see. So just happy to just see him enjoying football and then happy to even have another chance to, to play uh, on such a big stage. Um, and hopefully he excels. And I think um, that combination of this team's experience um, their previous history gives them a, a good chance to come out of this group on top. And if there is uh, any slip-up from the France team, being that they don't have their their usual um, their usual stars to, to play, uh, it seems like Denmark has a very good chance to, to capitalize on that.
1: And it's a Denmark team that have a lot of the same talents from before. Joachim Mella at Atalanta in defense. You have the captain, Simon Kerr. He is in AC Milan. He hasn't had the best of seasons. Also, has been hit by the injury bug a little bit. And then going forward, you made mention of Yusuf Paulson being 28.
3: Yeah, Yusuf Paulson. I feel like he's been around forever every time I see him. And then just to find out that he's 28 was very surprising.
1: Yeah, he's been around. He's really been out here. And then, and then Casper Dolberg, Mikhail Domsgard, since that incident to Christian Eriksen happened. On their days, incredible for the Danish national team going forward, getting goals off. So it's Denmark team who many people have said, and I can agree, that they have the potential of winning the group ahead of France. And Kasper Hulman has been cooking up something pretty special over there.
3: I can see why you say that. I can see why you, you say they have a good shot to kind of win out in the group.
1: Yeah, and now let's talk about France, the defending World Cup winners. Again, full disclosure, we're recording this bit on the day before the World Cup starts. Since France announced their final 25-player squad, Prezil Kimpembe withdrew, Christopher Nkunku withdrew, and more recently, Karim Benzema withdrew. On top of all the injuries that they had going into this, players who were not called up, Nicolo Conte, Paul Pogba, Rafael Varane has been called, but he isn't 100%. Are the French cursed? Are, are they not going to fall into that World Cup curse trap by way of all these injuries?
3: Uh, hopefully not um, uh, suffering the curse uh, from all the injuries. Uh, hopefully France is able to get out of the group. Um, hopefully their young talent, kind of helps to, to show what the, the future uh, French national side is capable of, and they're able to perform well, um, from the, the two Madrid starlets, uh, Chouameni and Kamavinga to the still great attacking um, uh, prowess that they have up front uh, between Mbappe and Antoine Griezmann. Um, even though they are um, hit with uh, big injuries, um, hopefully France can get out of the group at least.
1: Yeah. Now, the one thing on France that I would be curious about, going based off of the players that they do have, who might their impact player be? I know the easy answer might be Mbappe, but who are we really looking forward to on this France side? Me, as a Juventus fan, I want to see if Ardien Rabiot can, you know, continue his decent form. Like, he's been up and down at Juve, but at the very back end of the season, he's been on the up and up. So. I'm curious to see who you would think can be an impact player other than Mbappe. I have to say Chiuameni. I've
3: something some in the midfield. Um, it seems to be the area where they were hit most um, by the injuries. So I'm care- um, hopeful that he performs well because he's been very solid for Real Madrid whenever he plays.
1: Many is a good shout. For what it's worth, friends have been bit by the injury bug, but some of the players that they do have are pretty good. The only issue is the midfield might be shaky, even though Chouamani, Kamavinga, kind of Rabio are there. Is not the most experienced of midfields, and that could bite them in the ass. I'm not sure if it will, maybe not, but that is one concern lingering into this tournament. Um, Usman Dembele, how does he do?
3: he plays well i think he'll have a chance to to get out there perform um i think he plays well um lady Giroud might be another key important player um not named mbappe uh who who has a chance to kind of shine there.
1: um yeah he's on he's... He's the Henry record he could yeah. do it at this role. does he um i can see it why not i can see him doing it yeah regardless of how friends does i think he'll do it
3: Yeah, I can see him doing. He's got three games, score at least two goals to tie. Because I think Um, Henri has fifty one.
1: He has forty nine. Henri has fifty one, and he would be doing so in fewer caps than Henri.
3: Very impressive. Very very impressive.
1: Yup, he scored his last goal in the Nations League against Austria, and now he's really on pace to break that record, and um to put a pin on group D I will go as far as to say that Denmark wins the group and France comes out second place would you happen to agree with that
3: I'm going to say France win the group
1: and second place is Denmark okay i thought you were going to give us a wild card there but uh, no no it's just dramatic pause there you have it that is group D and uh, listen we're going to put a pin on the previews for now And on the flip side, I'll pick things back up with LV and a lot more of our favorite guests. Do stay on the lookout for that. That will be episode 122. And don't forget to be on the lookout for the Instagram live and direct series that we are starting on Sunday, kickoff Sunday. We're doing Instagram lives at the end of each match day at the World Cup. So check out our content this month check out our previews of e through h and for lv spencer and the two guests who joined us for groups a through d Antonis and h man kolker go by the name of ronnie stay strong be brave and adios